Welcome to Token Asian. I'm your host, Janine, and today I'll be interviewing my good friend Mike about depression and suicide. If this subject triggers you, please reconsider listening to this episode. And if you're currently in distress or feeling actively suicidal, please call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Mike has been very brave and open in talking to us about his experience with depression and learning about his mental health journey. We'll be talking about suicide and how it's affected his relationships and what he learned from it. Depression is more than just being sad. It can feel like an unending spiral of awful or numbness or just a complete lack of motivation to exist. It takes a lot to be able to talk about these subjects. So let's hear what Mike has to say. Today, we're talking about suicide and depression. This is my friend, good friend, Mike Lee. Hey, hey. Hey, it's Mike. Hi, I'm Mike Lee. It's Mike Lee. Um, yeah, so I was really surprised that you wanted to jump right into like a heavy topic because a lot of people were sort of like, oh, let's talk about a safe topic. What is a safe topic, right? Yeah, like, right. What is the point of a safe topic? Not right. to crap on your previous other guests without having met them at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought uh, it's, uh, you know, depression's been kicking my ass lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, uh, I, I've had some very good talks lately. And yeah, I saw. Hey, you know, there's some words that are sort of fresh. I can, yeah. I can offer some things. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, basically, I feel like a lot of Asian people deal with depression. I think suicide is much more common and accepted among Asian people in that the way that sort of like um, it's not that big of a deal. More so than therapy. Yeah. More so than drawing attention to yourself. Yeah. You know? So I actually... Quietly, it's like... Right? I actually had a friend ask me, like, how come there's no Asian beggars? And I'm like, yeah, because they kill themselves. Mm. Aha! Mm. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's exactly this huge thing. It's, um... Oh, there's a stand-up comedian who I just heard, like, she was, she was a Japanese girl. She was just saying, like, you know, the, I saw, you know, this person was doing something weird. It was just completely weird for my brain. Like, seeing an Asian, bag, like, a, seeing yeah. an Asian homeless person. Yeah. Like, you really fucked up your life, dude. Yeah. Right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, it's you, like... You like, very rarely see them, just because they just, they don't live. Yeah, <laughs> they, they don't continue. But, yeah, so, um, when, when would you say you noticed depression in your life? Hmm. Um... I think in the, from about 19 to the early 20s, um, listeners, if there's anything you notice about my speech that's weird, it's because there's a dog that's yep, uh, constantly dog, shifting around. My dog is being very, um, <laughs> very being, obnoxious right being now. Being adorable. Being very, she settled um, down. As okay. we talk about heavy, heavy subjects. Let's talk about heavy things and pet dogs. Freaking adorable dog. It's way dogs. too photogenic. She's a therapy dog. Yeah? Yeah. Hey, there's actually a, a tag here that is. That's her driver's license. Wow. <laughs> Nervous and skittish but friendly. Yeah. Anyways, anyway. suicide. Yeah. Um, and depression. Uh, yeah, somewhere around the somewhere around nineteen twenty. Yeah. Uh, not the year as the ages. I also jokes. That's gonna be a joke. That's fine. That's gonna be a thing you don't want to cut. I love. No, um, I wanted this to be funny. Yes. Let's laugh about death. I, I actually I think it's very important to be able to joke about. I, I think so, because once you remove the like fear of it, and it's just something stupid and funny, yeah. it's kind of not as scary. It all comes from somewhere, right? Yeah. I mean, everything that's that's fake or or, yeah. or or surfaced on people, that still comes from somewhere deep inside. But back to this, yes, 
somewhere around that time, I was in acting class mm-hmm. and had just gone through the big breakup, you know, the uh, the old high school sweetheart thing. Mm-hmm. And what it was, like, falling into a hole, like a sudden... I would never have considered the word depression. I'd, I'd only seen it in fiction. I'd only uh, heard about it from friends of friends, not even directly the closest people to me. Um, you know, you'd say, oh, I'm depressed, but it's not a, it's not a, uh, it means I'm sad at a higher level. But then it was just like, suddenly it's just this crushing thing. And, and I almost can remember that one day that I just couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. So you, uh, you started your spiral. Yeah, yeah, and it was just so, and and I'd done so little, as in zero reading about stuff like about mental health, mm-hmm. as in, um, as in, it's completely foreign. It doesn't foreign, apply to it's me. other people. Yeah, it's other people's it's, problems. If you are mentally ill, which, which now to be fair, I uh, I actually think our, our school systems you know, pretty fine. Like I, I grew up mostly in, I, I'm from Hong Kong, came here when I was about 10. I grew up mostly in Burnaby. Okay. And just, I, I actually count that as a pretty lucky thing. And that, you know, we had our, we had our gay kids. It was, it was learned very early on in, yeah, in school like that it's like, well, here's the, here's the right and wrong. You don't make fun of other people for their life yeah. choices. It's a life choice. It doesn't make them uh, deviant, weird, uh, awful, deviant, not in a good sense, but yeah. obviously. Yeah, but the, so you the sort of sense. had a more um, varied classmates varied so. and you know quite liberal okay. and uh that there wasn't a stigma against people uh in that if there is a, a real mental issue mm-hmm. right uh autism oh yeah that's what i was trying to get up to before was uh, that uh, there were autistic kids in, yeah. in all our classes there there's uh, people on various spectrums of different disorders uh whatever you want to call them whatever you know the previous the current medical diagnoses yeah. of things are right now um, so it was, it was never like, oh, that's awful, and I would I hate them, put them away from me. Mm-hmm. But it was still like, uh, I'm not them. Yeah, it just doesn't apply to you. Yeah, and so, so uh, that, of course, the same school of thinking for people with uh, heavy depression, like mm-hmm. suicide, you know, clinical depression, yeah, when yeah. we think of it as, uh, it's either real or it's not real, and this, that whole yeah. thing. And, oh, this is like going back years and years and years of like, yeah. old learned behavior. Yeah, and like, yeah. Um, I find it was very different for me because I grew up the only not white person until grade five. Wow, that's actually weird. So that was really mm-hmm. weird. And um, we didn't, uh, autism wasn't even a word back then. Like, I didn't know autism existed because I, I went to high school. I went to school in the 90s. So I'm, I'm quite a bit older than you. <laughs> you were just weird. You were just a weird kid. And if you had depression, you were just a goth kid. <laughs> so, yeah, we saw them too. Yeah. yeah. It like, so it wasn't, so you just never really thought about it in the same way. And again, like, I thought if you had depression, then you had to be like constantly sad. Yes. You know, it's it, your defining characteristic. Yeah, you just walked around like a little Eeyore. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't just like, no, you can actually you just hide it or you just literally have no motivation to live. And what the, one of the things I learned in um, CBT, my cock and balls cognitive behavior yeah. therapy class, <laughs> is that um, it does cause this spiral. So your feelings affect your thoughts and then your thoughts affect your actions and then your actions affect your mood. And then it just sort of spirals down and then you have no energy to do stuff and then you don't do you don't do stuff and then your friends don't invite you out and then you feel shitty and then you don't have energy and then you don't have energy so you don't do stuff and then it just sort of keeps spiraling out of control. 
you know, until you end up just literally like, um, I had a breakdown in 2010 where I just laid in bed and cried for three months. And I just cried and ate. And I think it was really hard for me to sort of accept that, yeah, I, I got problems. Um, was it easy for you to accept that depression is in your life, was in your life now? Or was it just sort of like, no, I, I can get over this? So not. I, and I'm, I will admit that in, now in 2019, I'm still not amazing at seeking help. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I think I've gotten better at figuring out what it is in myself that will trigger certain behaviors mm -hmm. and uh, I try to do my own mental gymnastics to uh, circumvent things mm -hmm. but the actual being stuck in something uh, that's that's a tougher one so yeah definitely took me a long time like like years to be like this is uh, yeah, there's something wrong with me there's uh, there's something that's broken that can't be fixed and then you get really my brain likes to then try to lessen the Mm -hmm. the, um, the the over drama of it, the melodrama of everything, okay. and, and you know, you, you make fun of yourself. You, yeah. you, you, uh, you rationalize things. You, yeah. you, the the uh, what am I trying to say? The part of your brain that is analytical yeah. tries to take over and it tries to well, justify you, it yeah, and launch uh, it. Yeah. Reason it out, right? Oh, yeah. well, you couldn't kill yourself because of this reason, this reason, that reason, this reason. But yeah, uh, uh, eventually, I uh, there was a suicide attempt, and I think that. It was a little bit hazy because I, that was right around the time I'd started experimenting uh, with recreational drug use yes. and, and uh, drinking a lot of alcohol. Uh, I'm still kind of a lightweight, so I don't actually, the, the, the drinking never did that much for me. Yeah. I found that with drugs, um, it, it's either because the stuff I got as a poor person um, <laughs> is so diluted and bullshit. What were you, um, what were you or mostly cocaine, okay. uh, a couple of like, random pills that people give each other uh, at DMA and stuff. Um, but light up like, for protective, right? You know, things to get you. Cocaine's not great for depression. It's really not. Yeah. It's really not. It yeah. just sort of makes you whatever you are more. <laughs> so if you're depressed, it just makes you really depressed. I can feel the the if you had a <laughs> there were very good times with it. Oh, yeah. was, you know that was my introduction to like. Uh, mostly uh, to how kitchen workers, most other oh, yeah. uh, restaurant workers that I was surrounded by, because I was basically that's what I was doing at the time. Um, that the norm is to be an alcoholic. The norm is to be on something yeah. a lot. Uh, yeah. Maybe not necessarily addicted. Like you, it's your life has become an unmanageable. Step one of the twelve steps, but just that people are casually doing it. Yeah. Uh, but I found that that just nothing numbed me quite enough like yeah. it was and and whenever i started to think of it as you know you're you're probably that thought that would come by you're probably medicating yourself mm -hmm. because of you know the pain that you feel inside yeah. uh, that other voice would come by and be like stop being so melodramatic don't be a little do this bitch line. don't be a little bitch exactly get you, over it you know my script yeah, yeah, yeah get over it like you know it's the same script yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. um i uh, did you talk to your parents about it at all, or was it just like super secret? This is my problem. Oh yeah, stuff. It's my problem. Yeah. And my and you know, I've been. <laughs> it should be mentioned though, as as I'm an actor, <laughs> and yeah. uh, that's been essentially my identity, my uh, you know, my goal, my dreams, everything that that my ambition. That that's a big part of me. Mm -hmm. So even that you know that want for attention, whether that's like in a big global sense of just trying to get everyone to, to look at me, you know, stand on the table, be a class cloud or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
but also the attention I want from my friends. I would rather have, I, I started to, the pain was only enough to leak out bits of information to mm -hmm. people uh, either that uh, I knew cared about me yeah. or that I knew were removed enough from my inner circle slash my family mm -hmm. to then not go back to people. Cause then, yeah. they, you know, you, of course you want to avoid the things that are really real. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean, the first time I had any, the first time I spoke aloud the words, Hey, I tried to kill myself. That was to some random person mm -hmm. after a night at the club. Yeah. And, and it was one of those like, okay, we're both coming down from whatever things yeah. we're taking. And we're, we don't, you know, we don't know each other's last names. We don't mm -hmm. plan to know each other's last names. Let's, you know, let's spill the secrets. Yeah, right? um, that's sort of why it's easier to do it with therapy sometimes. It's it's someone who's not invested in your life. Uh, it's part of talking to a stranger is that they don't, they're not in your life. So you can say things that you would normally never say. So you could be like, yeah, I tried to kill myself. Uh, I have heavy depression, you know, all these things. And they're not going to be at your work. They're not going to go to school with you. They're not going to be, you know, at the next family party. So it's a little easier to just unload on a stranger. Really um, but at the same time, like, yeah, like venting really helps. Talking about it really helps because like, like we said before, the more you expose yourself to it, the less it's a scary monster. I also feel like every Asian person I know, I call it casual suicidal angst, where mm -hmm. it's sort of like, I don't actively want to kill myself, but if I just died, mm -hmm. that'd be great. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say no. That's hilarious. That's super sad. That's, that's hilarious. Like, that's funny. That's right? Like, if I just died, like, no, yeah. great, you know, like, <laughs> problem solved. I'm not going to kill myself actively, but, you know, just if a car just fell on me, mm. rad. <laughs> I have a theory about that culturally. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, based on just circumstantial evidence, I'm no researcher. Yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, I've got a... a I like to feel like somewhat of a taste of, of the Asian culture, having actually been born in Hong Kong and trying to use my first language, and I didn't speak English when we first got here, that I are, I'd already started to feel that sense of, and I'm not, this is no, no judgment, I'm trying to say on, on either side, uh, whether we're talking Eastern or Western, but that there's this uh, very pervasive Eastern mentality of, uh, what can you do for the collective, right? Yeah. You are one of many. And it's, of course, uh, it's exacerbated by the fact that we are, uh, that genetically, there's not a whole ton of difference. Like, it's, yeah. it's going to be black hair. It's yep. going to be brown eyes. Yep. Uh, there's going to be, you know, cool genetic variations throughout, but it's not, you You definitely can look in the mirror and know that you're not a unique butterfly. Yeah. And that in schools, that that is how we're taught. I'm not, I definitely know that I didn't go to some military installation for school, yeah. but that it's, um, it was definitely like, hey, what can you do for everyone? Yeah. Like, what 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 can you do to serve? You yeah. should be a busy worker bee. Mm -hmm. You can do your thing, right? Yeah. Now, then coming here and immediately getting the whole sort of, uh, you are special. Mm -hmm. You are one. Uh, there, there's in a world of a billion people. There were only a billion people when I was in kindergarten. Uh, <laughs> that they are, or, yeah, great one. Uh, they that you know you are unique and what you bring to the world is is uh, is special onto yourself and you are special and, and of course i think that's also it also is probably part of the genetics part of it too is that you know you you're gonna have your your blonde hair your blue eyes your green yeah. eyes your whatever eyes your your uh two different eye colors your it's different things that make you totally unique yeah. someone's uh you're gonna be the only one who actually looks like you in a real sort of just you know basic and of course i'm not totally racist towards asians 
Uh, I know that we don't all look alike, but all we all understand what we're talking about genetically. Do you remember when we were on set and they mm. needed to make a face prosthetic for you? Mm. And you were on set, but I wasn't, so they made it on me and it fit you perfectly. <laughs> so <laughs> you kind of all look same. Just a little bit. <laughs> like, look, the, the people who are, I think the last people to be offended by that is, you know, Asian people. Right. When we know what we're talking about. Although I will say, after all these years, I find the one. One of the very few real things that will get under my skin that a friend will do is mistake someone else for me. Yeah. And I think that's a more of an actor thing of like, oh man, you're saying I'm not unique. God damn it. Like, I'm Actually, not gonna there was a guy yeah. in one in some of your photographs yeah. and he looks exactly like my brother. Okay. And it freaked me out because I was like, what's my brother doing there? <laughs> like, you're supposed to be camping. I'm like, that's not my brother. Yeah. <laughs> but that happens. Right? Yeah. And it, it, we, we do. I get mistaken for people who are like five inches taller than me. Yeah. Like, they do. There's like half a foot difference. No, no. Um, sorry, my dog is, is wandering. Yeah, now the dog's wandering. You're getting all the pets. And she's yeah. reminding me that I need to cut her nails. How did... Uh, so, how old are you, Dad? Uh, I just turned 30. Okay. You're a baby. Oh, I haven't heard that in a good couple of months. Uh, so, how old were you when you attempted your suicide? Because I, I didn't mark down the date. And uh, I will like, say, well, I'm casually, yeah, I'm, I'm casually actually so bad at individual years mm -hmm. that I could be like, hey, so, hey, uh, we've been friends for five years, right? And my friend would be like, you mean eight? And I'd be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, know, oh, two, you know, two years ago when we did the show, oh, two years, you mean 14? But, you know, oh. that's, that's kind of who I'm But, uh, I mean, right around that time, early, early 20s. Yeah. We're talking 21, 22. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, <laughs> among attempts it's it wasn't one of the it, you know it wasn't full-hearted it was it was uh it was absolutely for attention it was absolutely it was a, a you know please help me uh, and then of course i i didn't tell anyone for a year yeah. more than that you know yeah. and, and there's so many conflicting I, I always talk about there's voices in my head there's yeah. things i joke about too yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but of course like we said jokes come from somewhere real uh but there's always these there's voices in my head and there's it's like there's one pervasive, really strong demon one that's mm -hmm. like, remember, you're going to kill yourself eventually. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't bother having good things. Don't bother trying to do don't make friends. things. Don't, don't, make, yeah, don't be that close to people. You know, you know, don't you kill yourself. Don't bother. Yeah, don't do that. And, I, you know, I've, I've read on the internet how, how common that is with people. It is. And, and how this voice seems, you know, gets stronger when bad things are bad. I think, I believe, when mm -hmm. your uh, brain chemicals are not in the right place. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, it gets way quieter in other times, right? When, yeah. When well, I, I, yeah, I view it. I view the depression or anxiety as like a really shitty roommate who mm. like never really goes away, but is sometimes in their room yelling, yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. can hear it. And then sometimes they're up in your grill, and you're just like, God damn it! But I totally understand that because I, I often just will just sit there and be like, you know what? I'm worthless. Mm. I should kill myself. Um, and it's just sort of, it is just intrusive thoughts. Um, I think a lot of people uh, in both cultures seem to feel like if you think about suicide, it makes you actively suicidal. Mm. But it's not really the case. I think there's a huge difference between thinking about suicide and then active suicidal ideation, like where you have a plan, mm. you're going to do it, and you're like getting your shit ready to do it. Yeah. You know, or you're like, you actually have an action in mind. You're not just thinking about it. Um, I often just think about it. I, I think I've never actively attempted suicide, mm -hmm. 
but I think about it in that passive way often since high school, like just often just, well, actually probably earlier than that. But again, just sort of that pervasive, like in the back of your head, like you should kill yourself. There's no point. And I think that affected a lot of my relationships with my family and my friends because a lot of my depression came from my family. Mm. So the majority of the time, I just avoided them. I was just like, I can't deal with you people. Um, And I like for me, it was the disparity between um, assimilation Mm. and the traditional Asian values. Because when I assimilated, I assimilated hard. I went like Mm. full, like I'm a white kid. Hello, fellow white children. Sure, I'm with you there. Hello, yeah. Caucasian friends. Did a lot of that. Yeah. And um, and yeah, so I couldn't really find the balance between the two. And then it just sort of made me feel like, well, then why bother? You're not either one. You're, you're going to suck mm-hmm. either way. You don't belong. Yeah, you, you just don't belong. So how do you feel that it, it's affected your friendships and like family relations? And like, do you feel like it, you relate differently with them after the attempt and then before the attempt? It's a good question. I mean, among the things I haven't uh, really dove, done a deep dive on myself for mm-hmm. for a little while. Yeah. Uh, this is, I think, one of them. I I know that my mom and I had a bit of a turning point in our relationship. We were, you know, uh, my mom and dad split up in uh, when I was in high school. It mm-hmm. was an ugly, ugly divorce. It was it was not fun. Okay. Um, and I'm sure that did things. Uh, to me, for me, let's you know that's a whole. That's the next podcast. It's actually and, relatively uh, rare for Asians to divorce. That too, right? No, there's a right. whole thing. There's, there's whole things there, and I'm still learning things about yeah. their lives individually now as an adult. That I'm like, well, that's that's changes, you know, changes yeah. things, adds, puts things in new lenses. But so you know, the single mom thing, and we were driving each other crazy, and I. Uh, but uh, back to my, my previous point was there was a turning point in our relationship when. I, uh, she's picking me up from work because mm-hmm. for a while I was working downtown and had no way of getting home after the transit was over before the night bus yep. when I was a bit younger, uh, uh, the over 20th. And I told her. Mm-hmm. And so that was, it kind of just blurted it out. It kind of, it, it came from the fact that I was, it, that was when I was in full depressive mode every day all the time. Like yeah. there's not, nothing could stir me. Nothing could could make me smile, could make me laugh. There's just, all I could think of was how worthless I was, Mm -hmm. uh, how how, uh, little I had to contribute to the world. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Agent Jeans, slash uh, uh, societal pressures. pressures. And how, you know, I I, were not worthy of love I was. Let's just go down the entire list, right? All the things that possible. Um, But, uh, (laughs) you know, fill in your own blanks because it'll be very similar words for everyone, uh, but unique. Yeah. in some way yeah but i told her and that was uh, this really good conversation that we had uh, mm-hmm. i i think that based on the fact that i sort of okay to, to, to go back to the parent thing again um earlier i was talking about going to high school and and having being around mentally uh di- differently able people mm-hmm. throughout my life uh, my mom also when she came to hong kong had to uh, change her nurse's degree and get another degree because like her previous high level re- nursing degree didn't count for shit for some reason yeah the uh, certifications are slightly different so they don't count in this country exactly what happened and uh so she's been working with the mentally ill for a long time she's mm-hmm. currently doing that job right now she's yeah. doing substitute teaching uh differently able kids uh so just uh, I think that that education helped her a lot in a different way because I I also still remember uh, the same people 
the, uh, as a people, my uh, mom and dad, uh, different relatives, uh, who had a very black and white, skewed, uh, old school mm-hmm. view of uh, the differently uh, people who are different from yeah. the normals in society. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I remember that kindness that she treated me with and that I, I think that, you know, part of the blurting it out, too, was that I'm like, I, am I looking for punishment? I, th- I think I'm looking for some that thing that depressed people love to do is to make themselves more depressed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> even if, even if you accidentally do it or you, you find a way to stumble into it. Oh no. Did I walk into this room full of knives? Oops. <laughs> and so to get the opposite that that took me off, you know, for as much as I caught her off guard, I mean, she basically skid the car to a, to a halt. Yeah. Uh, hit the brake yard. Uh, luckily uh, driving around uh, after 1 yeah. AM at night. There's no was fine. fine. But yeah, the, so that, that affected that. Um, there were some dramatics with uh, with friends. Mm-hmm. They, they I, I think most people in my circle and just a little bit outside of it, uh, the, the people who've been around for more than five or six years uh, know that I wasn't awesome at not filtering my shit from Facebook. I've yeah. learned uh, yeah. since then to okay. maybe not post your feelings. We were young but, and stupid, yeah. mm-hmm. and we all had. Yeah. You were not. You're not young. You're not old enough, but you didn't have a live journal phase of sad poetry. I, 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 Did you have a Zanga? I saw a live journal. <laughs> I had a Zanga. I saw a live journal, and I wrote into it yeah. three or four times, and it was already not a thing that was being used. So right? I, like, I remember I, me abandoning it. Oh, I know. My live journal, which I nuked, it was just full oh. of sad feelings. Oh, okay. And it was just, and it was terrible, like 14 year old, like, I'm so sad. Probably so helpful, though. Yeah, well, you know, I think that's the beginning of my life. Why am I like this? Um, But yeah, so I'm glad that you and your mom were able to to get that. And you had her support. I'll also talk about something that I I, I definitely am objectively super stupidly lucky with, is Mm -hmm. that all of the friends who have been... Who walked you know in and out of my life? Uh, basically, uh, no one's ever been like, "I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. You're you have too many good things. You're yeah. making it up. You have too much, you know, money in your bank account. You have you know, both your parents are alive. Like whatever it is that you that you can say that's actually shitty to a depressed person. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten that. I'm okay. very lucky. Everyone, I think, just because I I think that the. You know, part of the downside of uh, social media and uh, putting your life on on the government database for everyone to uh, look up anytime they want is that you're going to post some shittiness. You're going to post some stupidness. You're going to post some things you're going to wish you didn't post. Uh, But honestly, if you also post, hey, I'm really depressed and for other people to just see hey, all my friends are fucking depressed or yeah. something, or they're going through something. Yeah, it's... it's wow, like, people are full-layer beings. Yeah. And people, there's just so much more understanding, I think, these days. Yeah, I think also a lot of people are suffering from, like, some level of depression or anxiety now because everything's so fucking stressful, mm-hmm. right? And people just don't admit it, or they just like, oh, I'm not just, I'm not stressed, I'm just, I'm not, I don't have anxiety, I'm just stressed out. Mm-hmm. It's like, when was the last time you slept, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm glad that your mom was there for you, and I'm glad you had good friends about it. And I think a lot of people now are sort of, um, I think you missed the shitty part in the early 2000s, where it was just sort of like, oh, just take a Prozac about it and get over it. I think definitely, like, society itself has moved a lot forward, especially with, like, you know, teen suicide rates, um, people being more open about their depression and about their mental health. That being said, how open do you think 
you would be about it. Like if you could do it again, would you have told your parents sooner? Would you have told her sooner? And I don't think I'm the, the healthiest person in terms of self-reflection because I feel like I regret everything. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd rather do things over. I'm a big, big fan of doing things over. Okay. Um, as a as a human, as a gamer, mm-hmm. as, yeah. a, as a video gamer is yeah. what I mean. Um, I I love being able to go back and change the, the thing to get yeah. a better outcome. And I'd rather go back and erase people's memories of things I've said yeah. than to actually just be a... Any number of more mature adults mm-hmm. that are my lucky uh, enough call friends, uh, and to like it, it, to take their advice and to just sit here and be like, hey, you know, that, that made you who you are, though. So it's it's fine, it's good. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I changed a lot of things. I I don't know that I necessarily post my feelings less. I probably word things differently, mm-hmm. but I, I knew that there was definitely a particular boiling point yeah. where I I would have had to. I would have had to have some sort of public meltdown yeah. or, or just, you know, tell someone who was around physically yeah. at the time uh, or, or put it out into the world. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, definitely feeling like things would be different, but also the same to answer your yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah. Roundabout. We, I think we yeah. like get to the same place. Eventually. Feel? Yeah. My relationship with my parents has never been good. When I had my meltdown in 2010, it made things weird, but at the same time, they sort of were more willing to sort of give me space about it. So in a sense, I wish I would have done it sooner. Like um, with having lupus, it's a degenerative disease. So every year it gets worse. So with that, I feel like reflecting back, I've wasted a lot of my life doing things that now I can't do because I can't. So it's sort of put me in a place where it's sort of like, Like with this podcast, I was like, I really want to do this podcast. But then I sat on it for like three months and like didn't. And then it was sort of like the more I wait, the worse I'm going to get. And then at some point, I'm not going to be able to do this. And I like I look back at old photos of myself and where I thought I was ugly. But like, damn, I was fine. I was hot. But again, it takes it takes that sort of hindsight and that insight. So. While I wish I hadn't done a lot of things like waste time and like waste a lot of my life, I feel like it was all a very valuable lesson in um, not wasting what I have left, you know? Yeah. So it's sort of like, it is, I, it pushes me to do things that are worth my time. And then it also pushes me to like, that's really not fucking worth my time. I'm not going to waste my time on it. So, but like my coping skills um, were, are not, are not, have not always been the greatest. Like in my early twenties, I was a full blown alcoholic. Mm. I never really got into drugs because drugs just made me obnoxious. (laughs) (laughs) So it just wasn't the greatest. MDMA made me so depressed the day after. Oh, no. Like, Suicide Mondays, it was just like, this is not a good time. Like, sucks that people recommending that. I love MDMA. Like, when I'm on MDMA and not committing a federal crime is it just physical thing yeah. uh uh since this is public uh theoretically when i'm on mdma yeah, yeah, no, this is all fiction <laughs> theoretically uh, it's, uh, hilarious it's the best like yeah. i love life mm-hmm. like every song is the best song <laughs> and every person is my best friend and then like but then afterwards i'm so like if i just lay in bed and piss myself who the fuck cares yeah. and like that was when i was sort of like i can't do this and that was sort of when I was like, I need to, I need to stop drinking. I need to stop, sort of trying to drown everything. 
because it was just making things worse. And then my, my meltdown was like three years later. So obviously it wasn't, I didn't. <laughs> um, how do you, what are your ways of coping with like, when you have suicidal thoughts? That's great. I was actually just about to offer to, uh, because of what you said to talking yeah. about regret and uh, thinking about all, all the, you know, the, the times that you wasted that, mm-hmm. that probably go back and maybe waste them less, which yeah. is something a little different. I I will offer that I think that uh, somehow when I'm at the when I'm at my real low points now mm-hmm. as of like you know the the <laughs> I keep thinking late twenties but I'm thirty now <laughs> um, the, that the analytical part of my brain which you know bless that part that's like a really I have to I have to science this shit out sometimes I have nope, to I, I have to the, the I have to rationalize this out I think I've just the I think Asian that's stem brain the, the Asian stem brain yes, is trying yeah. to like, that one that I've neglected by not taking any form of higher education no but it's still like uh, come on man the, that one on. has done that, that one absorbs articles and loves podcasts yeah that's the one that I think is has done the real healing but I will okay to, to try to circle back around to what I was trying to say before coping. about that coping. the coping was that at my worst emotionally, but uh, if I can get sort of my my feet up under me and get some balance and f- start to reason it out, mm-hmm. that I think I try to think that in the future I'm gonna have the thought that hey, this is one of those times where you're really sad, and wouldn't it have been great to have been sad less? <laughs> kind of, a, it's a weird thing, and, no, and actually, that's not just the one. That's just the one that immediately pops to mind. Uh, hearing what you were talking about just mm-hmm. now with your story, it's it's a few things. I will I will admit that I have. I think I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast that I have still difficulty seeking out help. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I've been doing is when I really, really feel like I need it and it's out of my control is I'll seek out. Uh, support groups, mm-hmm. and I tend to just be that guy who listens. Yeah, and it seems like there's a lot of them too. But uh, there's also some really great regulars, and that sense of uh, listening to people's stories and getting that perspective—it's uh, validation, is really good. In a way. validation, yeah. and uh, and I understand that there's also the toxic part of it where you can not deal with your own shit mm-hmm. because the thought is, oh, they're doing way worse, mm-hmm. so why am I complaining? But I try to, I really do try my my best effort to just mind that positive part, mm-hmm. the the good part of that statement, right? Yeah. Hey, breathe, let yeah. go. Maybe maybe because they have it so much worse, you can also get through this too. Yeah, like they have it so much worse, but they're still here. They are still here, and and look how well they're doing. How look how much you wish you could be like. What you could do to be them, not necessarily maybe when we're talking about diseases. But like accomplished what they have, like, you know, like made their sort of like, make their their progress, you know, their progress is admirable. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I I totally get that too. I find also a lot in group, it is very helpful to just be there and just be in the sort of energy where it's like, there's no pressure. Yeah, and thank you for no reason, which is always just my nice. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for being there. I'm like, I, just, I literally did nothing, but yeah. cool. But hey. really, you know, in a real sense, yes, you're there. You're yeah. listening. So just, just the like, fact that, like, nobody there are other people there that means that there's other people with this problem. And we are all here. Nobody is dead. <laughs> and um, everyone is seeking some sort of return to normal. 
And I quick time to you said nobody's dead. I love that because uh, so so again, we haven't seen each other physically in yeah, like ten yeah. years, ten, nine, nine, nine uh, times. Like I, I like to feel we, we've been very good Facebook friends slash acquaintances for yes, a while. Yes, we are very I, good I, I enjoy, on liking each other's photos. I enjoy your presence. <laughs> I really do. Um, and if I just be very sincere for a second, I would go to your funeral. Thank um, you. I'd like it. I'd like to not go. To, I'd like to not have that. <laughs> So, um, but uh, what do you call it? I say that all the time. Yeah. Uh, nobody's dead. Like when, when I'm mostly when I'm giving uh, unsolicited relationship advice, or when I'm you know talking someone through uh, something that's like when we're talking about the uh, you know more surface problems. When people yeah. are talking, oh, this happened. This awkward text exchange. This girl won't talk to me. This guy won't talk to me. Uh, this, these things. Uh, that tends to be sometimes my go-to, you know, at the very end okay, uh, when you're like, dead. look, listen, after everything we've talked about, all these nuances of human relationships, that's so complicated. And of course, when you're in it, it's, it's wholly unique to you, which yeah. is so crazy and, and actually kind of fun, kind of, kind of cool that, uh, you know, no two, obviously no two human interactions can be the same. Every, everything's just going to be so different. But at the end of the day, like the broad strokes is okay. Like let's, we talked a lot. We talked for hours. Let's focus on the fact that nobody died. Yeah, we lived. That, yeah, we lived. And it's fine. Yeah, a drink <laughs> thrown in your face isn't. Hey, stay away from me. Here's a restraining order. No one's got a restraining order. That's a right. Good one the too. police weren't called. Yeah, police weren't called. You're not you on the news. Well. Yeah, you're not on the news. Yeah. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I find a lot of. Um, a lot of coping skills. I think a lot of people now have a lot of issues because they don't have coping skills or the coping skills themselves start out good and then they become toxic. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I eat when I'm stressed, which of course I've gained a shit ton of weight. Um, I know people who work out and then when they're stressed or when they have a really bad uh, moment, they either stop working out and gain a ton of weight and then they hate themselves because they gained weight or they work themselves to death. Mm-hmm. and like or to near death and they work themselves until it's like dude like you need to stop um and it's easy to get sort of into you move from the depression spiral into the now i have to fix it spiral yeah. and i find that one of my oh this is the thing i was going to talk about um one of my best coping mechanisms is having friends that hold me accountable mm-hmm. and that is for me that is um my friend vanessa who has no problem being like, dude, what the fuck? And just literally telling me, like, you can't do that. Or, like, get the fuck off your ass. You actually need to do this. And, like, you're just giving me fucking excuses. I know you can do it. Stop being a bitch. Oh, my God, that's so important. And, right? But also, how tough is that? Like, you know, shout out well, to your friend is, Vanessa. Like, but she a, knows when to coddle to me, right? Yeah. She knows when it's like, no, like, this isn't important. This isn't a huge deal. Take a nap. We'll deal with it later. But what's like, no, this is actually important. I need you to get off your ass. So she she has that, and we do that for each other, which is really funny because our vices and our problems and our neuroses are not the same. That's cool. That's a good thing. Which is yeah. the best thing because we, yeah. we sometimes enable each other, but it's for fun things. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go have ice cream and bubble tea and waffles. And we'll... Nothing wrong with that. And nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But when one of us is in a funk, it's like, dude, like... You need to cut like, or when she's having like a weird like funk thing, it's like, I'm gonna let you wall for three days. Then at the end of the three days, you need to get your shit together. That's really good. You know, so it's it's she holds me accountable and I hold her accountable, and it's very valuable I find for that. And it, it is aggressive. It is mm-hmm. we are like 
in each other's lives, like an obnoxious amount. And like it sounds borderline abusive. It like, sounds borderline abusive. Would read awful, and right? Work. Yeah. But in the end, like we keep each other from making really bad mistakes. And then it is like sometimes I'll just call her and I'll be like, "Dude, talk me out of this." And then she'll just be like, "Yeah, this is stupid," or she'll be like, "No, nah, man, I can't. That's rad. We need to do this." Like this fucking coffin shelf that I have. I was like, "There's a coffin shelf on Craigslist for 120 bucks. Talk me out of it." She's like, "Can't." I'm going to pick you up. It's <laughs> kind of awesome. Let's do it. Coming to get you. Like, all right. Uh, I fully agree. I mean, I'm, and I'm, I have that too with yeah. the, with my friends. I, I've said more than once, very publicly, that uh, I wouldn't be here without my friends. And yeah. I, I believe that's true. I, I like to think it's true. It'd be, it, it would suck if, you know, somebody came by with Infinity Gauntlet, snapped away all my friends, and yeah. forced me to prove it. Yeah. Uh, that'd be really rough, but I definitely feel that that's you, you have to have people kick your ass sometimes. Right. And I just have, besides the fact that it just seems, like I said, it seems like everyone, mostly the people you want to keep in your life, mm-hmm. uh, tend to have some level of sensitivity or understanding. Yeah. And that's really great and yeah. wonderful and lucky to be living in here in this exact yeah. part of the world. Uh, but Really, my inner circle, I, I know that I can reach out to yeah. a, quite a few people say, I'm, I'm feeling sad, and I'll know that I'm the person on the other end mm-hmm. who will be there to, to say things like, hey, I haven't heard from you in a couple hours. Yeah. You know, okay. Give me a sign. Yeah. Say something. Right? Like, Are I you really okay? Are you really okay? Are you really okay? Sorry. Yeah, no, I told you, I have yeah. friends where I'm like, hey, I haven't seen you in a week. You're coming over. Like, I'm not leaving my house. Be like, fine, I'm coming over. Put pants on. Aggressive. Um, it is aggressive. Love it. And like, but that's, that's the way I am. Um, but I find what, when you're in like that death spiral of depression, sometimes you do need to be kicked out of it because it's really, it's really easy to stay in there. Like that's why depressed people love being things that make them more depressed because it validates you and it wraps you in that little cocoon of hate and sad and it's comfortable. Like this is my hole and I fit in my hole and I'm staying in here. And like, of course, sometimes it's okay to get it, like I like to burn it off. Like when I'm fucking sad, I will make myself so sad and I will literally burn it out of myself until it's gone. And then I'm like, cool, well, I'm not sad anymore. And like that is, I realize that is not the healthiest way to cope. You can, you can definitely burn too, burn too hot. Too yeah, fast. too fast. But then also at the same time, when you don't feed an emotion, it can only last maximum five minutes. So I literally will just like feed it, feed it, feed it, feed it, feed it, stop. Mm. And then it just burns itself out. And then it's like, cool, I'm over it. Like when my Sadie, my other dog died, um, I literally took three days and just cried nonstop for 72 hours. And I wrote, you know, a goodbye letter. I sobbed over it. I just was miserable and awful and snotty cried. And then at the end of it, I had really accepted that it was, it was done. And it didn't hurt me as hard anymore. You know, after the 72 hours was over, it was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm really okay with it. Like, I'm sad, but I'm not, like, you know, devastated anymore. You know, I, I feel like a lot of people are afraid of their bad emotions. Like, it's, it's bad. It's taboo. You shouldn't have them. Like, like, it's wrong that you even have these feelings of depression and suicide. And, like, you shouldn't think these things. You shouldn't have, you're, you're broken if you think these things. Um, but you, they're just a part of you. Right, it's that shitty roommate. You can't kick them out; they pay rent. So <laughs> I really like to, uh, to add on to. I think we're still kind of on the coping uh, yeah. uh, subject, right? It's mm-hmm. uh, 
I, I really like this analogy that if you're, so you're the sky yeah. and, and depression and happiness, like all the feelings, even your clinical, awful, all pervasive suicidal depression is the weather and mm-hmm. you're going to have the weather and you're going to keep having the weather and it'll all, you'll, you might always have the weather and that sucks enough. Let's try to therapy that out later, but for the sake of just this, this piece of thing I saw or read on the internet or heard some comedians say, uh, shout out to Santa comedians, by the way, for all right? their wisdom. Oh, so many of them are depressed, by the way. And so many of them have probably. vice problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but you're, the point is you are still in the sky. Yeah. And whether these things stay with you and will keep happening, that's fine. Just know that you are not that. You are not depression. Mm-hmm. You have it and it will flow through you. It'll be around you, but you are not it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. I try to, especially when I'm deep in the throes of something that I know I don't want to be in, I'll, uh, I'll try to focus on that and yeah. remember that I really agree with that one. Yeah. Uh, analog- an analogy I really like is um, imagine every day you're in an RPG game, little like Final Fantasy III, like that, like that. Mm-hmm. So every day your little, your little sprite wakes up and you get a random HP and MP. Your HP is your health, your MP is your mental health, okay? You just got a random amount. And then you have to then plan your day because as you go, you will cost points, health points, mental points, and you'll encounter NPCs, and those will cost you points too. Some of them may ask you to do tasks. If you do the tasks, you'll get rewards, but if you don't do the task, they won't ask you to do it again, and in that time, you might miss out on other tasks. So you have, I feel like in that way you have to like because i'm one of those gamers that's like i don't want to take a million years doing this i want to strategically like worm my way through the game make the right decisions and get the ending that i want so that has sort of kept me more aware of my energy levels and my mental health levels and my mental energy levels where i'm like i don't i can't do this i don't have like the the hp for this I don't have the MP for this today. Um, yeah, that's a beautiful one. I, I yeah. love that. Actually. So that's how, yeah. I, like, that's how yeah. I manage it, right? So sort of like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't have the MP for this today. Um, can we do it tomorrow? Because I don't have anything tomorrow, so I can spare the energy tomorrow, but not today. It's cool that's so specific, too. It's like, yeah, you may have, and then today you may have taken a big hit. Oh, yeah. no, a lot of MP got lost. Yeah. Uh, thought I could do something. Can't. Okay. But I, I know I have, but you know your main meter but you know every, has a lot. Yeah, but then you know at the <laughs> you end of the day, you're yeah. going to wake up again yeah. with a random HPMP. Yeah. It's going to happen again because that's, like, that's how I've sort of dealt with it. Because, yeah, like if you don't talk to your NPCs and you don't do their tasks, eventually they do stop inviting you. And your friends will sort of drift away from you. And that's a natural progression. And some of them are hardwired to stay in town. <laughs> And some of them aren't, and some of them will go away, and then you'll miss future tasks, you know. But then, like, some people are always there, you know, like the shopkeeper's always there. So you can always just go and be like, hey, what's up? I need potion. And they're around, right? And, like, you know, like some people, when you're around them, it restores your HP or your MP, just being around certain people. And I feel like having that sort of in your life makes it better. Like, having my terrible animals and playing with them um, really restores my MP. Dealing with my parents, huge hit to the MP. <laughs> Basically, knowing, learning about things in this game, yeah, and knowing what'll increase your MP and what'll be what'll be dangerous for your MP. Yeah, but also um, knowing how to like of. sort of ration it out. Yeah, 
uh, like, this really upsets me. I'm so upset about this. And, like, I could sit here and wallow, but I have to go to this thing tonight so I can't wallow anymore. Like, I have to put that on the shelf, go do this thing, and then after this thing is done, we'll see how much energy is left for being sad. That sort of has kept me from spiraling again. Like, I, I always sort of have that passive, like, you know, because right now we have a bit of money trouble and I have life insurance. So it's like, man, if I just fucking died, that's like 200K. <laughs> Problem solved. Right. Oh, that's, yeah. Right. So I, it's, or like, you know, I'll be driving and I'll be like, if I just swing the wheel, like super hard, yeah. no one will know. And it, it is yeah. sort of that, like, um, being aware that those are just passing thoughts. And if you don't feed it, it goes away. Um, and that's sort of, it's been really important for me to just know that if you don't feed it, it can't last for more than five or 10 minutes. You don't have the energy for it. You know, if you just leave it alone and do something else, which is why I make tons of small crafts, because when you're done, you're accomplished. You did something and completed it. And then, so then that doesn't make you feel bad anymore. So that takes you away from like that. You're not feeding that depression. You're not giving it more energy taking your energy and doing something else which is you know one of my many coping skills because I have a lot of problems with my brain <laughs> but like again with the Asian thing I feel a lot of even like being on medication has there's a huge problem with it and I'm on medication and then my parents are always like what the hell is this for and I'm like for my sads and they're just they're just like okay whatever and they've just sort of accepted it but they don't understand it and that's enough for me that I'm not going to ask them for more um, because explaining more would cost me so much MP. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, you know not to sacrifice your MP for probably like a shitty mission. Right? Like they're not going like, to understand anyway. Like my mom still asked me if like, so you, do you still have lupus? Like Jesus Christ mother, do you know what genetics means? Yeah, uh, Oh no, she she has this like call in radio. It's like Vietnamese Doctor Oz that she like calls in sometimes and gets doctor advice from a radio host. Of, like, whatever I watch Doctor Phil. I love Doctor Phil. He's he says what what. I think um, it's good to. I think it's fun to watch things, but definitely don't like you know, medicate yourself a certain. No, way. I just enjoy his southern <laughs> he, charm. He does yeah. have southern charm. Yeah, but uh, he's a good old southern boy. Um, but again, like. Um, that's where I sort of draw the line with my parents that I was like, you guys cost me a lot of energy. So if you want to come over, if you want to, if we want to hang out, I need 24 hours notice because they used to just love springing things on me. And then it would interrupt my entire day, throw me completely off. And then now I'm super stressed out because my whole day screwed up. And then plus I had to deal with them. And then, so now I'm in a bad mood and I'm dealing with them. Now I'm dealing with them in a bad mood. Yeah, that's a lot anyway for someone right? who, you know, even like yeah. someone who but then, can say that but they I'm have in any a, problems. But then that. I'm in a bad mood. Then they're in a bad mood. Yeah. Now this now this interaction is going to get more obnoxious. And then I'm going to have even less energy to fix the rest of my day. Yeah. So I've just had to be like, you need to give me at least 24 hours notice. A week's notice is preferred. And like, um, you know, if we hang out, it's, un- it's going to be under certain circumstances there's certain things I'm not going to do there's certain people I'm in my family I'm not going to see and that's just the way it is and it would they at first they were like really resistant about my boundaries Um, but that's I think a lot of the things like Asian children are sort of taught not to have boundaries 
sort of, you have to be accommodating, you have to be respectful, you have to, like, it's the, like the thing with the last, the last dumpling, mm. how do you mm. never take the last dumpling? Okay. And you're always like, oh, does any, anyone else wants the last dumpling? Like, I will sacrifice it. I really want it. But like, anyone else? Yeah. So you yeah. sort of end up not really having boundaries and not really being able to say no and not being able to protect your energy. And I think uh, learning to set boundaries has been difficult for them to understand. But over time, they will respect it or they don't see me. That's, that's the sort of trade-off. Like, either respect my boundaries I'm just not going to see you or talk to you. You just fucking deal with it. And I think it definitely took having a huge breakdown for me to just realize how much of my energy was going to other people and how much like I was taking so much onto myself and it was making me so overwhelmed that it started my spiral because I would be overwhelmed and then my energy would go down. I wouldn't have the motivation. Then I wouldn't do the thing. Then I'd be disappointed that I didn't do the thing. Then I'd be upset at myself that I wasted the time. Then I'd waste more time thinking about that. Then I wouldn't do the thing. Then it would just it would just go down and down and down. So now when I find myself slamming into a wall, like repeatedly, like just hitting a barrier, I'll just, you know, Vanessa, help. And uh, I know that no matter what, four in the morning, uh, three o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday, I can call that bitch and she's going to answer. <laughs> or at least she'll call me back in an hour. And like, she's going to be there for me. And I know that. And that is like trusting in her being there and trusting in Jordan being there has been a huge part of my coping as well. And just knowing that like, even if I let go, they're going to be there. Um, yeah. So any heavy talks. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like I said, like a lot of Asians, we just don't talk about it and we don't deal with it and it builds up, right? If you could give a piece of advice to 21-year-old Mike, what would it be? You're definitely, you're putting far too much of your values in accomplishing things in a career where accomplishing things is going to be outside of your control. Mm -hmm. So learn the word control uh, because <laughs> you didn't figure that shit out till like 25, 26. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> do, do that. Um, I'm still basically just trying to pick up pieces of, of that kid. Mm -hmm. But that, that, that you're definitely going to, you're going to find that, that, that stuff, that's really important to you. That'll come if you work hard. Yay. It, it does. It did work a little bit. Uh, you got some work, but you gotta, you gotta start leaning on your friends and mm -hmm. uh, seeking help. Yeah. Uh, because you gotta admit that you need help. I, that was a little rambling. No, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like seeking help is hard. It is hard. Yeah. Also, I don't really know, you know, that, that's the, I, I also don't have a very, an, an awesome, just succinct piece of advice for the for yeah, that kid. Yeah. That's fine because yeah. like the thing is, it would have been I feel like the best thing for 19, 21 year old Mike to know is that hey, you're not alone. Um, you should give advice to <laughs> my advice, twenty one year old Mike. Uh, well, my advice, twenty one year old me, yeah. is you're an idiot. You're stupid. Like you it. don't know everything. Stop trying to pretend you do. Mm. Shut your mouth. And listen. 
you know, that's a good one anyway. <laughs> we're going to slightly lighter topic, but I'm only... If it was like, I do feel strongly about this. I think that I myself, I know this about me, that I have this sense of... Uh, I apologize for 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 being uh, for taking up space for for mm-hmm. being people's presences. Uh, I by the way, I just had this broken down for me by a very good actress friend of mine who has done a lot of good self work, yeah. uh, mental work on herself, and from probably run a seminar. But um, it, it, that's you know she diagnosed these things, and I'm like, I that makes a lot of sense, and I don't know how much of it I really want to heal mm-hmm. because a big part of my value system also sees in other people. Yeah, you know, you're really arrogant for how mm-hmm. little you've accomplished. And oh God, oh, and I'm covering my mouth like, oh, how, how judgmental am I? But it's obviously just because, hey, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. Yeah. And of course, everyone's seen through just the lens of me. Yeah, and, well, the and Asian, it's all about that. The yeah. Asian culture is very accomplished based. And it is about that. And I think that yeah. there's, there's positivity to be mined from it. Mm-hmm. There is. That. There is because, uh, again, with boundaries, like accomplishments mm-hmm. within your actual skills. Sure. One of the things I've learned from group also is that when you hold yourself to a standard or like a certain, your ideal self, you'll never reach that ideal self because you'll always judge yourself lesser than you actually are because we're all wired to view ourselves as less. Mm. Um, otherwise you have a narcissistic personality and that's a, that's a completely different problem. Which by the way, if you get one of those <laughs> podcasts, I'd love to hear what they think. Right? I mean, everyone I, I thought were just fully narcissists just turns out that that's masking something else. Yeah. And something. There must be some wonderful superhuman out there who's right. just like, no, 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 I'm, I'm great and awesome. Yeah. No, like, we, you always judge yourself harder than everyone else. And you'll always hold yourself to everyone else's standards because that's your reality. That's your sort of, you know, lens that you view the world with. And, uh, like, my parents were always very, very academic and accomplishment-based. Like, what have you done? What have you contributed? How much have you uh, helped? And, like, and again, like, yeah, like, I'm not, not dissing white peoples, but their accomplishments are very self-based. Like, what have I done for me? Like, this trophy is mine. This is, like, I did this because, like, I wanted the glory for me. Whereas with the Asians, it's like, I just did it because... The underlying lesson of you got to take care of yourself first. Yeah. Uh, and that's super important. And we do not get taught that as, no. as, as Asian people. No, because Asian yeah. people, yeah, we are always yeah. taught to be accommodating. Yeah. So you always have to take care of someone else first. Yeah. And you go last. Yeah. And that's the thing, the, the last dumpling is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, someone took a picture of the, the, the dim sum table at the end. And every single bamboo thing had one piece in it. And it was like, nobody takes the last piece because we're all respectful Asians. And I'm like, man, just fucking eat it. Like, if we're going to play the politeness game all fucking night, I'm just going to eat your goddamn cake. I'm just going to eat your fucking dumpling. Which, which only, you can only say now because you've done so much work. Right? Yeah. But that's, it's, it's, that's the boundaries again, where you cannot take the last piece even if you want it or need it. You know, you always have to um, offer it out first. Everyone else comes first. The group comes yeah, first. Then me. Um, and when you have issues in your life or or the way you look at things, you can't do that because it really hurts you because you do have to put yourself first. Um, otherwise, no one else will. And that's that's sort of a really important thing that I've also had to learn. And here's my dog coming back. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about regarding your the suicide or depression or feeling thoughts? 
subject, thoughts, feelings, final thoughts? Well, you know, listeners, I think you should, I think you should seek help if, uh, as soon as you can if you're feeling that way. Uh, as someone who, the, the, I wanted to add to that with, with the Asian thing, mm-hmm. um, because I think that that deeply analytical part, that STEM part that you're talking about, mm-hmm. there's so much of that too that's in the value system mm-hmm. that I realize is not just my own thing. That you know, you you can take an objective stock of yourself and go, All right, I really. I compared to the rest of the world, I really am not important. I'm one of three point whatever billion mm-hmm. of us there are in that continent. And uh, if I were to go, that's actually, you know, that's fine in the overall scheme of things. And then, and then you factor in things like climate change and all these things that aren't your problem, but are all of us, this is problem. Uh, yes, the end of this podcast is a humanity, as a uh, environmentalism uh, edge, <laughs> by the way, suckers. Suckers. Um, that, that, that I think... Though that's when you see all these um, these statistics, the, the number of people who kill themselves, who are uh, who are Asian men, and women, who are you know the, the Japanese people, mm-hmm. the, the, the culture steeped in uh, respect and getting you know being one of the worker bees and stepping out of the way for each other and mm-hmm. cleaning up after yourself and yeah. being polite, all these great things, but also there is no. I don't want to say there's no self, but that's, I think, what happens to certain people. I mean, of course, of course, runs still runs the gamut where we're humans and it's complicated. Um, one of the greatest things I, I heard once in a, um, it was in a linguistics seminar, um, and it was on idioms. And it was how in North America, it's stuff like um, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So if you complain or if you stand up, you'll get attention. The louder one gets the attention, yes. In Chinese culture... The nail that sticks up will be hammered down. So, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So that, and that, yeah. because in Asian culture, it, you conform. You don't, you don't complain. You just work to make it better for everybody. You don't just make it better for yourself. Um, and that is, that is sort of really difficult to manage when your brain juice, your brain marinade is off. It was really difficult for me to get medication and then stay on medication because there's always that part of you that's like, I don't need this. I can do this on my own. Like, I shouldn't need a stupid pill every day to make me better. Joke's on you. You do. (laughs) I want to add on to that. I definitely had the the full-on stigma of, like, you shouldn't shouldn't need to live life with any kind of chemical uh, to affect you. That's from outside. Mm -hmm. That's that's awful. And then it took me years to, to realize, hey, wait a minute. You got to get up in the morning and then if I don't eat, I'll eventually die. So I do need to, you do actually need to put stuff outside of your body, into your body, yeah. no matter what it is. That's just an yeah. idiotic thought. And it's like, you're you're literally a walking bag of water and meat controlled mm-hmm. by a ball of fat sitting in a bowl it's weird with weird it. like... <laughs> little shocks of electricity going for it, hoping everything works right. And that's a very, very delicate system. And it's really easy for your brain chemicals to get thrown off. Uh, a traumatic event, um, an injury can change the way your brain produces chemicals. Uh, it can change the way you view and process things, which again changes your hormonal reaction to it, which changes your brain chemicals. And it's okay to get outside help. Because sometimes your brain marinade maybe just needs a little bit of salt. It's fine. And that's okay to ask for it. And it's okay 
to, like, if you would go to the doctor because you broke your leg, why can't you go to the doctor? Because your brain broke it. Yeah. So, Absolutely. right? And, and, and a lot of it is, like, there is that sort of privacy with Asian people that you don't talk about the problems. But also, if you just think about it, the way that how fast everything has progressed, it's incredible. Like, before, in 2009, I had a flip phone. And now I literally have a tiny computer in my pocket. Yeah. And that's insane. And that's insane that like now we are like 24 hours connected. We are 24 hours doing stuff. So it is really hard to like suddenly be like, oh, wait, sit down. <laughs> so that's a huge part of it, too. I think definitely just just taking time for yourself. Um, you don't always have to be accomplishing shit. You can just take a nap and accomplish. I took a nap today. I took a nap too. Yeah. Actually, I never nap, so. I'm fucking jealous. I want to take a nap. But, you know, that's, I think that's, um, it's been a really good talk. Really nice deep dive into depression and and suicidal ideation. And I'm glad you didn't do it. Thank you. I'm glad you're still here. And I'm glad that you're able to talk about it now. And you're in a better place. And um, I'm glad you have friends that are there for you. Because that's that's one of the most important things. Because when you get depressed, if you get to a certain level of the spiral you stop talking to people because you just isolate yourself you know and I did that too I I literally spent three months not leaving my apartment and just laying in bed and isolating to the point of me in bed and um, people go away and sometimes they don't come back and sometimes they do but that's how you know where your values lie you know so um, thank you for talking to me Thank you for having an awesome podcast. Anything else you want to add? Thank you for having me. This is is great. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about or add? I think I'm good. Okay. Well, it's been a great chat and I'm going to really awkwardly stop this and then I'll fix it later in post. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Bye.